Well, we are back. Another time for studying and continuing the study with the Sermon on the Mount with what Jesus has to say. And I think you're going to find a constant theme through the entire preaching of this, his entire sermon, I should say. And that is prayer is always tied into all of this. Somehow or another, there's that prayer. Well, that really means a dialogue, a, a talking with God and and uh, standing in the, 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 the seat of Jesus. We're, we're given that authority. So today we're in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. It's not too long. Let me just read it. And it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? There's some great cross-reference uh, verses on this. And, and if we just take a, a little lesson from uh, Luke, Dr. Luke, in chapter 11, verse 9 through 13, Dr. Luke really reaffirms exactly what Matthew is saying. So the passage, really, in, the, in verses 7 and 8 especially, the passage teaches persistence in prayer. But Jesus does, doesn't teach that God will grant extravagant desires. God's people are to seek daily provisions and spiritual blessings. Look at Matthew 6, 10 through 11. Very important what we just read. If we look at John chapter 14, verse 13 through 14, he says, You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. In John 16, verse 23 and 24, it says, At that time you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and He will grant you the request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Wow. And then you look at James 1, 5 through 6. Most of you know that verse. It says that James says for us to ask for wisdom. Now, isn't that interesting? Isn't that exactly what God would want you to do? Wouldn't that be his desire? And then all of a sudden it becomes your desire? Jesus goes on to say that God will not fail to give his children good things in verse 11. This is one condition to the promise of ask and receive. What we ask for must be good in God's estimation. God will give advantageous gifts to his children. He will not give us bad or injurious things, no, no matter what or no matter how much we clamor for them. If you don't ask the right things, you're not going to get it. So the best example of a good gift is the Holy Spirit, according to Luke 11:13. Now we're starting to unwrap what he means by all this. We begin to see a twofold purpose of prayer. First of all, to increase our understanding of what God calls 
good. And secondly, to cultivate a desire in us for what is good. Our prayers to God are not unlike our requests of men. Our prayers are based in a relationship, as Jesus points out in Matthew 7, 8. If a child asks his father for something the father knows to be hurtful, the request is denied. Now keep in mind, if your son or daughter is, may be frustrated and they may be unhappy about this decision, he doesn't get to ask just anything for what he wants, but he has to trust his father. Conversely, when the child asks for something that the father knows is beneficial, of course, dad's going to be willing to provide it eagerly because he loves his child. Makes sense. We have another condition to uh, the promise of ask and receive, and that's in John 14, 14. I like what it says. It says, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Here, Jesus does not promise his disciples anything and everything they want. Rather, he instructs them to ask in my name. Now, this is interesting. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray on the basis of Jesus' authority. But it also involves praying according to the will of God. For the will of God is what Jesus always did. Take a look at John 6:38. This is a, a very well written when he's when or let me just say it's it's clear what he's saying. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, and not to do my own will. So here he's carefully talking about doing the will of God. The truth is stated explicitly in 1 John 5:14 when it says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Our requests must be congruent with the will of God. The New Living Translation says it this way, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Not necessarily just us, but see if we're living in God's will, it will please us. That's not gonna be an issue. Of course, what we want is not always what we need, right? If what we want is not in God's will, then we really don't want to receive it. Fair enough? God knows what is good for us and is faithful and loving to say no to selfish and foolish prayers, no matter how much we want what we're asking for. God will always give us good things. Our job is to understand what is good so that we know what to ask for. The nature or the natural mind cannot uh, understand this, but when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice and are transformed by the renewing of our minds, then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Read it in Romans 12, 1 and 2. As we like to say in one of our men's Bible study, that's Harry's favorite verse. Asking for what we need in faith, we will have all we need for life, godliness, and fullness of joy. Read that in John 16, 24. The biblical instruction concerning prayer is that we pray for the good things that we truly need according to the will of God and the authority of Jesus Christ. 
He teaches us to pray, and this is really dependent upon us to pray the way we are taught in the Bible. Remember the Lord's Prayer? That's a classic example. Here's some guidelines about your prayer. We are to pray persistently, according to Luke 18.1, unselfishly in James 4.3, and in faith in James 1.6. In Matthew 21.22, Jesus again emphasizes faith. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. For me, this is what really is key in my prayer life. And, and I summarize it all in the teaching with the simple verse that I love. Consider Psalms 37.4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The verse doesn't give us a way to manipulate God, nor does it mean that if we obey, he will reward us with whatever treat we crave. Rather, it means that when we delight ourselves in God, then we will find everything we want and need in him. Isn't that beautiful? So our desires are no longer ours, but the desires that God is putting in our hearts. And now they have become ours. So there's a difference between my desires and God's desires. Which one do you want to take ownership of? Which one would you rather have? We have to take ownership of God's desires. Once we do that, then prayers are answered because it follows God's plan. The beauty of this is that once we accept his desires, we really are going to desire God's will. Because when we really do what or do want to do what he wants, we're happy to do it. Or at least we should be. And I would think you would be if your heart's in the right place. We're not making any sacrifices other than fulfilling the desires. This is why the analogy Jesus provides about our parents and their children is so important to understand the scripture. We love our kids, and when they ask for things that they need, we're going to go all out to help them out. And I encourage you to go all out and find out what it is that God wants you to do. Then pray for his guidance, and it shall be given unto you. Remember that verse, Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll put the desires in your heart. It's clearly stating that God will put the right desires in your heart if you're in connection with him. You're going to want the things of God. You're going to want to fulfill his plan. You'll have this hunger to do it. The natural man who doesn't believe in God can't have that same kind of desire. Only God can instill this in our bodies, in our hearts, in our minds. Here's a great example, and this is the last, <laughs> of what God desires us to pray about. You look at 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 through 17. I'm going to read it out of the New International Version. And this is the story. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What a great answer to prayer. 
And what does that send to us? Is it open our eyes? Ask Jesus, ask God to open our eyes so that we may see what he wants for us, that we may know what his plans are for us. Open our eyes, Jesus. That's all we ask. Open our eyes. Thank you.